Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for our Sunday Morning Alive church service right here on our website. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world that uh, you are hearing this broadcast today, we're thankful to God for the technology of the World Wide Web. It can be used for terrible things, but this morning is going to be used for something glorious because we're going to bring you a message of hope from the word of God today. Amen. And uh, we I asked the Holy Spirit when we were pray, praying before uh, bringing you this message today as I went to God in prayer and I, 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 I asked the Holy Spirit to help me today. And he's right here with me right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he's living within me. And I'm asking him to be right Right there where you are. Help me to minister, I ask him, and help all of us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God is not silent in these days when so much trouble and so many problems and pressures are brought to bear upon our generation. We're a last day generation. I believe that there is a generation that shall not pass, the scripture said, until all things be fulfilled. Hallelujah. I believe we're part of that last day generation. Now, I'm 74 years old and counting, but I believe that Jesus may very well come in my lifetime. In fact, I believe Jesus could come before this broadcast is over. So I'm just, I am just sensing that sense of urgency to bring a message from the heart of God by the Word of God with the help of God through the Holy Spirit to you today. So if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Psalm 40. And let's talk about out of the dungeon onto the rock out of the dungeon onto the rock you will understand this title as we read this psalm psalm 40 verse 1 through 3 david said i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me up also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He had put a, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust the Lord. Hallelujah. We have a saying in our congregation, let us praise his name and spread his fame. Hallelujah. This is more than a rhyming sentence. I really believe that God wants his people to know the joy of true victory. There's a psalm that actually says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Listen, so that his name may be glorified. He wants to deliver us from our enemies and our circumstances so that His people might be blessed and His name might be exalted. Hallelujah. Friend, if you want victory so you can watch TV without pain, (laughs) to consume it on yourself, you have no real basis to expect an answer. 
But if you want victory so that His name may be exalted when He delivers you, get ready for a breakthrough. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're serious about God answering your prayer and obtaining promises and overcoming enemies, shaking loose the chains of bondage and living a life that testifies of God's greatness and goodness, then God is seriously committed to honoring your faith in Him and your faithfulness to Him. Praise God. Listen to verse 1 of this scripture that we have read. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Someone has truly said, and I truly agree, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold on His willingness. In the New Testament, I quote this often. It says that this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. You know, I've heard it preached, I've heard it taught erroneously that you can never know that God, God's will is so far above us and beyond us, you know, that, 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 that we, we just pray and, and see what happens instead of pray and believe that we have what we have prayed for. I believe it's possible to, to surrender to God so fully that by the Holy Spirit and the instructions in the Holy Bible and the promises that He's made to us that we can know the will of God in a matter. Or we can come to know the will of God. And when we surrender to it and ask according to it, amen, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. Amen. We can stand on the Word. We can claim the promise and we can keep our trust in His faithfulness to His Word and to His promise to us. Praise God. Amen. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined His ear to me and heard my cry. Hallelujah. This word inclined means to bend down, to turn to, to bend down and listen. My dad, he used to love the song and he used to play it on his fiddle. No, he didn't have a violin. And we're from Kentucky. Hallelujah. He had a fiddle, praise God. And he played it in church with us for so many years. I used to say he's the only person in church that can fiddle around while I'm preaching. Praise God or during the worship service. Listen, he used to play, and I can almost hear him playing it today. I was lost and undone without God and His Son when the Savior reached down for me, when He reached way down for me. And friend of mine, I want you to know that when God inclines His ear to us, He reaches way down. He bends down to listen. That's why Psalm 86 says, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me, for I am poor and needy. Psalm 86 verse 1. You see, prayer acknowledges our helplessness and lays hold on God's 
greatness, goodness, and faithfulness. Praise God. Verse 6 of Psalm 86 says, Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. Attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee. See, a day is coming, a day is coming when every knee is going to bow, dear friend, and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord of all. Praise God. Amen. O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. And all of these wondrous things that God does before the nations, He does in behalf of His covenant people. He responds to our faith. He hears and answers our prayers. Jesus taught us about God's willingness to answer our prayers and the reason he's so eager to bless his children. In John 16, verse 24 through 27, Jesus said, Here to, here, here, here to, hitherto, hitherto, or here, hitherto, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive so that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in Proverbs, literally in parables or word stories. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in parables, Proverbs. But I'll show you plainly of my Father. This is revelation by the Holy Spirit. The time will come. Hallelujah. When did that time come? <laughs> Amen. When they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And, and, and you see faith then becomes activated and, and by the Word of God and stimulated. Hallelujah. And at that day, you shall ask in my name, and I shall not say unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because you've loved me and have believed that I came out from him. Listen, we have God's ear because God loves us. So we should pray in faith, for we know that he's listening. Let's wait in faith that God will answer in his timing because, listen carefully, God's delay is not necessarily his denial. We're taught to knock and keep on knocking, to seek and keep on seeking, amen, to ask and keep on asking. It's not asking as if he has never heard, but it's praying again because we know he is listening. And there's something about just standing on the Word and staying upon our faith in Him. Hallelujah. During that, that delay between the time we pray and the time the answer comes. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning around verse 32, it says, but, but you, you, you have need of patience. And everybody out there ought to say amen to that. You have need of patience, 
perseverance, you see, that after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. You see, when the time comes for the answer, in God's timing, the answer is going to come. We used to sing, the answer's on the way. This I know. Jesus said it, I believe it, and it's so. And I want to edit that today. It's not so, because when we believe it, that's when it can be manifest to us. It's so because he said it, because his word is forever settled in heaven. Hath he not said it, and will he not do it? Praise God. But if we're going to receive it, we have to believe it. Glory be to God. Amen. Listen, we have God's ear because we have God's heart. God wants to deliver His people. He is committed to our help in the time of trouble. Listen to verse 2 of our scripture today. He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. The Amplified, I like it. It said, He brought me up out of a horrible pit, a pit of tumult and destruction. Out of the miry clay, the froth and the slime, He has set my feet upon a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my goings. Amen. Listen, he extends his tenderness to the wounded ones. If you're wounded today and it's put you in a place of depression, of doubt and fear, of helplessness and hopelessness, David describes himself as being in a horrible pit. The word horrible in the, in the Hebrew literally means roar, din, crash, uproar, and tumult. And pit re- refers to a cistern or a dungeon. This has the idea of being trapped in a place of torment while one's en- enemies are always crying out against us. David speaks as one who is wounded by the problems and the burdens of life. But God reached out to him, even in that horrible time and place in his life, and extended his mercy, his tenderness, and his faithfulness to David. You see, friends, you can't reach high enough, in, in especially when your faith is, is being tested, and when you are in that place of doubt and sometimes tempted to entertain fear. Friend of mine, you, you can't reach high enough up with that, that kind of faith to grab a hold. In fact, there's no faith strong enough for you to reach high enough if God is sitting aloof in his heaven, unconcerned about you, and you have to grab a hold and shake him by faith to get his attention. Remember, remember, remember the, the, the parable, the, the word story that is a true story that Jesus told, but in plain language, when they were, he was on the boat with them and they were on the sea and the storm 
became so intense that waves were coming over the bow of the boat and threatened to sink them. And they went back to to see what Jesus was, how he was responding to this storm. And he was fast asleep. And they shook him. And they woke him up. And they said, Master, careth thou not that we perish? Questioning the love of God. Friend, I want to tell you, when you are in that horrible pit, there is a temptation to question the love of God. And the devil is counting on us to question his love instead of proclaiming his love and, and accepting by faith his love. Letting what he did that the Father gave his Son for us and Jesus gave himself on the cross for us. It's the logic of the cross in Romans chapter 8. Paul says, he says, I think it's verse 32, but it's in Romans 8. The apostle Paul says literally that, 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 that we should trust in him exclusively in spite of any circumstance because of the cross itself and what he did to show his love upon that cross. I call it the logic of the cross. And it says, if he loved us enough to give us his only begotten son, not to lay in a manger, but to hang on that cross for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things, everything that pertains to life and godliness, he has provided for us in Jesus Christ and gave him to us to take our place on the cross that he might manifest all of that to us. Hallelujah. What a gracious and what a good God we serve. You can't reach, if you perceive God to be sitting aloof, high in his heaven, unconcerned, and that's why all this trouble has befallen you, you can't reach high enough to shake him and wake him. Listen, they shook the Lord and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus said, where's your faith? Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe like some people do. And I'm going to interpret this maybe a little different. But according to the overarching truth of God's word and how God works, he did not expect them to walk to the bow of the ship and speak to the storm. He was getting ready to do that. <laughs> Amen. But he did expect them to trust in his love to do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where is thy faith in what? Faith to speak to the wind and rain? No. Faith to trust God in the storm. Amen. To not question his love. Amen. They could have woke him up and said, Master, what, what do we do? Instead of, why are you allowing this? Oh, friend of mine, it's a tendency of all of us. And you know what he did? He said, where is your faith? Amen. And he walked to the bow of the ship and spoke to the wind and rain. Praise God. He wanted them to trust him in the storm, not to speak to the storm. See, many Christians think we can live in a bubble and we will never go through a storm if we develop our faith to some hyper faith high level. That is not how faith shows up. 
And that's not how God shows out. If there had been no storm, there would have been no mighty sovereign Savior to say, Peace, be still, and earn the reputation. What manner of man is this? (laughs) Hallelujah! That even the wind and waves obey Him. Praise God. Amen. If there was never a storm in our lives, and God God took us, didn't take us through that storm. Amen. We, we couldn't spread his fame. He wouldn't be famous for his deliverance in our life. Amen. He would be relegated into the false gods who have eyes that see not, ears that hear not, and, and hands that cannot reach. But I'm going to tell you, if you by childlike faith, in spite of, of how bad you may feel and the circumstances may seem, if you reach up to him, he's reaching way down to you. You'll find his hand grabbing hold of your hand. Praise God. Amen. The Father loves us today. Praise the Lord. Let's put our trust in him. Glory to God. God will lift you out of the miry clay. We used to sing it. He lifted me based on this psalm from the miry clay. He put my feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. Put a song in my heart today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, verse 2 says, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Hallelujah. He extends his tenderness to David. It's encouraging to know that when you reach up to God in faith, he's already reaching down to you. You can't reach high enough to deliver yourself, but God will reach down far enough to pull you out of the deepest pit of torment and despair. Who among us that have been saved today can forget the horrible pit of sin? Who can forget the pain and loneliness of our separation from God? Who can forget the burden of conviction and guilt and shame? Who can forget the fear over knowing that we were headed for destruction? Being lost is like being in a horrible pit, dear friend. While the enemy of our soul, Satan, howls against us, rages against us, mocking and taunting and condemning us. Thank God for the tender but mighty hand of the Lord that has reached out to touch us in our wounded condition. When we needed him the most, he did not turn us away. But he took us in, bound up our wounds, and gave us rest. You see, not only does God deliver us, he establishes us. He set my feet, David said, upon a rock, and he established my goings. Not only does David talk about God pulling him out and pulling us out, he talks and tells us that he sets us up. The word rock means a high cliff. It speaks of a place of safety. Remember the scripture? Amen. All of us know this, I'm sure, because we've needed it from time to time in our life, and we need it now. The name of the Lord is a high tower a strong tower, and we run into it and are safe. 
One translation says, far above our enemy, where he cannot reach us. Hallelujah. So this word rock means a high cliff. It speaks of a place of safety, which is high above that that place, that pit of, of, of miry clay. Hallelujah. That we get mired down in and we can't extract ourselves from. We've been delivered from that life of darkness and deadness and have been lifted far above all that and set in a place of great stability and security. Thank God there is, there is a rock that's higher than I, as David said. He said, when, not if, my soul is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For the Lord has been a refuge for me and a shelter for me and a refuge from my enemies. There is a place of stability and security. When God delivers you, He doesn't let your feet stand upon a slippery slope. So you're always in danger of falling back in. He sets your feet upon a rock where we can stand without fear of falling. That's why the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament, Now unto him who is able. And where that word able is used, it should be rendered able and faithful. Because if he's able and not faithful, his ability without his willingness to help, will do you absolutely no good. But if he's able and faithful, glory be to God, you better get ready for deliverance. Reach up and know that you're going to find a hand that's reaching down far enough to take a hold of you and pull you out. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, literally from going back into sin, back into depression, back into bondage. Now unto him who is able and faithful to keep you from falling. Be glory forever and ever. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God there's a rock that's higher than you and higher than me. Amen. Where we can stand without fear of falling. We have been set In that place, by the mighty hand of God. Amen. And he will establish my goings. The idea of fixing one's steps, it means God has a plan for your life. Just like he had for David's. He's prepared a glorious future. (laughs) That's true of every one of us as his children. The Lord has reached down. He's lifted us out by His grace. Then He sets us upon a stable rock and leads us along a clear path. He doesn't just save you and deliver you. He has a plan for your life. Can you say man today? He said, I know my thoughts towards you. Thoughts of peace and good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Praise God. Amen. God has a plan. When you don't have a clue, God still has a plan. And it's God that worketh in you, the Scriptures declare, to will and to do of His good pleasure. And He that began a good work in you, lifting you out, establishing you, will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the Lord comes for us, God is going to work in us, for us, and through us. Hallelujah. He establishes our goings. By the way, the word goings can mean happiness or blessing. 
Not only is the Lord promised to direct our path and lead us each step of the way, He's also promised to bless us every step of the way. And He wants us to respond by being a praising and a proclaiming people. Hallelujah. Verse 3 said, He's put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, literally revere and worship, and put their trust and confident reliance in the Lord. You see, David cannot help but lift his voice in praise to the Lord for his grace in delivering him from that horrible pit. David wants to praise the Lord for what the Lord has done for him. Amen. He put a new song. The word new here means fresh. Something that is happening to David, not way back when, but right in the now of his life. David has always had a reason to praise the Lord, but now he has a fresh and new reason to do so. He's experienced a unique manifestation of the grace and work of God in his life. And he wants to praise the Lord because of it. Amen. Listen, dear friend, I want you to know he lifted me out. He did something that was so special in my life. As a result of what he did when he saved me, I ought to be a praising man. I ought to lift my voice and exalt him while I have breath in my body. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He's worthy and we ought to be in the business of lifting his name, not only for saving us, back then, but for delivering us when we call upon Him down through all of the, the different kinds of troubles we may experience in our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, can you remember a time when the Lord of glory bent down to hear your cry? Can you remember a time when the God of heaven reached down farther than you could ever reach up? Hallelujah. When he reached down, the sovereign God of glory reached down his hand and lifted you up. Hallelujah. From the horrible pit. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. You may be in a horrible pit today. That place of doubt and fear and torment. That place of a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. But I challenge you today, if you're a child of God, reach up. You know, I love that song that said he will hear our feeble cry, our faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will hear our faintest cry. Even if you feel you just have a, a little bit of faith left, use that little bit. And a little bit of strength left, use that little bit. To just lift up your heart to God. Lift up your voice to God. If all you can say is what Peter said when he was sinking. When he saw the storm was so great. And his faith shook. And he began to sink. He said, Jesus saved me. And immediately. I love that. Immediately. Jesus didn't say if you can't, if you can't take the heat. Stay out of the kitchen. Jesus didn't say, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. Immediately, Jesus grabbed him by the hand and lifting him up, 
the two of them walked back to the boat. And Satan doesn't want you to cry out to God today. And God said, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Hallelujah. I challenge you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to cry out to him today. Out of the depths of that place, out of the depths of despair and doubt and fear, I challenge you as a child of God to cry out to Him today, to call out to Him today, to don't let the devil talk you out of the deliverance that God has provided and that God has promised in and through Jesus Christ to you today. Oh, dear Christian friend, there is no place you could be in that's so deep and so dark that God won't hear you. So cry out to Him. Hallelujah. Just reach up. For God is reaching down. I can hear my dad sing it while playing the guitar. I was lost and undone. Without God nor His Son. When the Savior reached down for me when He reached way down for me I wouldn't be saved today if God didn't reach way down to me when I cried out to him oh friend if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior repent of your sin don't run from him don't hide from him he knows your sin and he loved you enough to give his son for you Christ loved you enough in spite of your sin, in fact, because of your sin, to stay on the cross, to pay your sin debt so you could be forgiven. <laughs> oh, friend, oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah, run to Him. Run to Him. Because He's reaching way down to you. He'll bring you out of that pit of addiction that pit of perversion, that pit, those chains of darkness, that prison of fear. And He will set you free and He'll set your feet on a rock and He'll keep you by the power of God until Jesus comes or we go to be with Him. In Jesus' name. <laughs> 